Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. I wonder who my competition is not going to be. I know it ain't going to be nobody up in here. They up in here. They up in here. Magnetic. F14. W. Organized campaign, I'm on my third route The album just dropped, I'm trying to get the word out Superhero theme music, Ron Sleep, walking, snoring The less rails for what was recorded My first stop was Sway in the morning Was greeted by Heather B Toto was a fan since the real world on MTV now I MC, five fingers of death, couldn't chin check me Not before I had to get balls right Rehearsing, was asked about my upbringing How long I've been working And Sway's hair rap, look bigger hand person Was rhyming like it was a wake up show Homie tough, I got raps for days Gotta say something for Tony Touch My phone is gone, sorry, I can't talk right now I'm busy, traveling, making my rounds I sat down next on the schedule Was static selector, sure already, yo Hey everybody, welcome back to Yo MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And we are fresh off the Battle for Zendikar pre-release. Uh, we usually record Monday nights, but I am going to see The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts Monday night, which is a documentary about Jake the Snake, and it's also going to be a meet and greet and a Q&A sort of thing. Really excited about that. So uh, we had to kind of go against our usual schedule so I could make that work and record tonight. So we're pretty fresh with the pre-release on our minds, which I think is actually a good thing. It's just usually way too exhausting to try to record after a pre-release. So, But we're going to do it, and uh, we're fighting allergies. And I took a Benadryl right before this recording started. So uh, let's see how quickly I turn to mush <laughs> but anyway uh this weekend uh you didn't get to play at anything saturday uh neither did i i had to work uh but sunday today uh i played in the two-headed giant which you did not uh you were busy probably sleeping mm-hmm. and that's fine uh i teamed up with my homie ryan germore uh because uh, I thought it would be really cool to team with him. Uh, plus, uh, it, the Magic Origins pre-release, he did Two-Headed Giant and uh, wound up getting really tilted and all, and like pretty much swore off Two-Headed Giant. But uh, I thought that uh, playing a Two-Headed Giant event with the Zen Master of Magic, a.k.a. myself, uh, would have been good for him and would have made him enjoy it more and he did i mean we went through four rounds and we made it all the way through and even though we got a two and two record you know he was feeling just fine through the wins and through the losses which was i thought was really important um you know even when we got blown out like because like we did we got super blown out in round one by like three combat tricks well it was three combat tricks because they had the thing that copies it for each creature you control or whatever. And it was the th- plus three plus zero and first strike, the sure strike or whatever. It was that combat trick, which we were playing around the uh, plus two plus two for one white. 
but we weren't playing around plus three plus zero in first strike. So we got completely blown out and got our entire board wiped. And I basically was like, blow out, fist bump, and like totally like you know blew it off because it was like whatever, it's the pre-release, who cares? But it was fun, you know. It was fun when we lost. It was fun when we won, which is good. Uh, that's what the pre-release is supposed to be. Um, so for uh, his deck. He went with something that he enjoyed. He played Saturday night and went 3-1 with the Red-White Allies deck. Uh, and uh, we had a pretty good Red-White Allies pool, so he went and built that. Um, we had the... Uh, I can't remember the one. The, the Scry 4 one. Basically, when you cast an ally, or when you play an ally, Scry 4 or whatever. Oh, yeah. Ally Scry. I can't remember. It's because... Mon- Mongo or something. Um, God. And it's... Uh, he loved that card. It actually was really good. It was way better than I thought it would be. Uh, and, you know, obviously, like I said on the show, or I think I actually said that it was better than you thought it was. <laughs> because... Yeah. Yeah, because you can, you know, play an ally, and then you get to look at the top four, and you basically get to guarantee if you have enough allies, that you have an ally to play the next turn. Um, and he even, like, when he played it, we, we were ready to attack, and he was like, wait a minute. He's like, I want to make sure I have... He's like, I want to try to de- pick some ally. And he was like, I want to try to deal, uh, dig to the uh, to the double striker. So he did. He played another ally, and he went to the next four, and he found the double striker and put it on top of his library. Um... So he went seven cards deep with it in one turn, which is pretty neat. Um, it wound up being a really good card. The haste is really important. I mean, it's a 3-4, right? So it's got a lot of toughness. Uh, just a good card. I like it a lot. Uh, but he played red-white allies, and I played a uh, blue-black uh, devoid ingest style strategy. The reason why I say style strategy is because I don't actually remember everything I had in the deck game one. Uh, but there were, like, things that, like, I didn't put in game one, and I was kind of, I don't know, I was a little on the fence about the Devoid Ingest strategy, mm-hmm. and by the time we lost round one, we got to round two, I was like, nope, I'm all in, and I just, like, kind of took out everything else that wasn't relevant to the deck, and added more and more Devoid things and more uh, processors, and just kind of really went deep on it. And we had a lot more success after I did that. Um, and uh, individual games, I don't remember terribly much. Uh, but just uh, the first thing I did when we built the pool, because there's so many, like, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life spells that, like, you know, hit, you know, it's like two damage to them, one damage, and you gain one. Uh, I went, that's the first thing I did when we organized the seal pool. We actually organized it very strangely. I was kind of feeling really scatterbrained and I'm like, let's pile them by archetype. (laughs) So I started, we had like 12 piles and it was kind of stupid. I kind of shouldn't have done that, but I just really wanted to see if we had the life gain deck because I think the life gain deck is really good into it a giant, but we didn't have it. We needed like the, um, the vampire, the three-drop vampire, um, we would have needed just multiple things to make it work, and we just didn't have them. Um, 
the Devoid and Jess deck seems really cool. Like, I went with the blue-black. And, like, the Benthic Infiltrator, I gave that, like... I barely considered that for a second until the round two. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I didn't put them in, and then I put them both in. <laughs> they're so freaking good. Um, yeah, they're really good. And I thought Mist Intruder was really good, too. Uh, because... All you need to do is hit one or two activations on it, hit one or two ingest triggers, so you can start, uh, you know, doing your things like Oracle of Dust late game, which I never actually got to use, but uh, it's a thing. And Ulamog's Nullifier was amazing. The card was freaking good. And Cryptic Cruiser, really good. Almost uh, in... uh, in the solo, which we'll get to, uh, almost brought me out of a hole that I pretty much couldn't get out of, but almost got there with it, but didn't quite. Um, so anyway, uh, without getting too far into the two-headed giant sealed, because it's something that you have to do exactly once, uh, we went 2-2. We had a good time. Uh, Ryan in his one, because I didn't crack my prize packs, Ryan in his one prize pack of Battle for Zendikar opened a Godless Shrine Expedition. So very good job on that. Um, Then Steven showed up. And Steven showed up and made an embarrassment of me. Mm. Oh, oh, you know what? I want to just point out one thing. We each opened six packs in our seal in our two-headed giant my six packs the rares were sunken hollow sire of stagnation fathom feeder drowner of hope scatter to the winds and the the haste ally and my promo was a foil fathom feeder so like i opened not only did i like play the blue black deck like i literally opened the blue black deck it was a really oh. weird thing because usually it's like well between the 12 packs well, nope just in my box alone like my box alone would have been probably i don't i don't know where the commons and uncommons what pool they came from you know what i mean so i don't know but like just that alone would have is the start of like a really good deck um i did get to play sire of stagnation once and it was cool, but then they just scooped. They were like, this is not happening. <laughs> um, although I can see playing against Fathom Feeder and Two-Headed Giant. Or no, I'm sorry. Playing against Sire of Stagnation and Two-Headed Giant. And um, just completely making them mill themselves. Like making them draw out their deck, you know? <laughs> That's what I would do, but... Oh, just like just trigger it constantly. Just keep trying to trigger it as much as possible. Just yeah. Cast all your like uh, land. Yeah. Like to, a... uh, the the ramping growths and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like okay, well, let's mill them. Um, but uh, anyway, now apparently because we were looking up prices when we were trying to trade for uh, battle for Zendikar packs at the end of the day, and um, Fathom Feeder is like sold out at four bucks on Star City right now. Yeah, Which, I guess. I mean, I don't know. People think it's uh, just a nice, like, low drop kind of speed bump for control decks. Yeah, I don't. I don't disagree with that. It was a really good card uh, when I got to play it, and I got to play it a lot because I had two of them in my deck, so I got to play it quite a bit. And uh, I liked it a lot in limited. I, I can see where the translation would happen. And Scattered of the Winds was absolutely insane, like insane to be able to counter spell, make a three three. 
pretty insane. So how was Awakened? Did you what did you think of it? I liked it. Um, for the most part, because I hate making my lands creatures, just as a rule. I hate that. But I feel like my land creatures survived maybe three quarters of the time. Maybe because my other things were just more threatening in terms of my overall strategy. Yeah, I mean, usually a generic 3-3 three, three is not going to be the focus of their... Right, but the opportunity to, to, to blow up a land and make them lose like a creature board position is 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 tempting it know? is but i mean usually when you're paying the awaken cost like i think the cheapest awaken is like five but it's usually like six or seven yeah yeah at that true. point like it just doesn't matter right right uh so uh anyway uh we went into uh the solo event and uh in the solo event it was really I, my pool just felt so terrible, to be honest with you. And I'm not usually one to go, my pool's not good. But, like, my green was just awful. Uh, my red felt bad at first, but I wound up going with red over black, which was my other consideration. But the closest thing I had to a deck was the uh, blue-red Devoid kind of strategy because I did have a Herald of Kozilek and I had the uh, Brutal Expulsion as well and I felt like that was a big enough bomb to like uh, try to stretch into that I was very disappointed because in my sealed pool I opened an Omnath Locus of Rage and a Cinderglade and I had about I think three total landfall creatures in the entire pool and my green was just top to bottom garbage, so I uh, did not get to play it. But it, you know, it seems it was one of those cards where we're like, I want to play that. Uh, one of the cards that I was like that with and put in my deck was the uh, promo Desolation Twin that I opened. And I gotta say, by the end of the tournament, because you can change your deck between rounds in in, so, in you know the pre-release. Started the tournament with, I think, like, four different Eldrazi in the deck. Like, Desolation Twin. I had Scour from Existence in the deck. Uh, which isn't really an Eldrazi, but it costs seven. Um, and then I had the uh, the six mana that you can uh, put two things back in the graveyard. And uh, get four plus one plus one counters. So I had that. And I had Kozilek's Channeler. By the end of the day, all four of those cards were out of my deck. The Desolation Twin, all the Eldrazi were, were out. I just took them all out. It really felt like trying to play the Eldrazi was a really big trap. Hmm. I don't know how you, how you felt about that. So, I didn't run any of the giant ones. Like, yeah, my my promo card was uh, Sanctum of Ugin. And that's it's, a weird one. Yeah, it's you have to cast a seven or greater colorless card. Yeah, and <laughs> like I opened uh, Oblivion Sower, which is six, uh, Deathless Behemoth, which is also six, <laughs> and um, uh, there's one other like um, Drowner of Hope, which is devoid, so it's still colorless, but that was six. Right, and gruesome slaughter, which was also six, which is wow. A source so I had like all these like really big colorless spells, but like no way to actually trigger it. It was pretty funny. Um, 
I actually I actually ran four uh, six drops in the deck I built. Um, I'll just go over it really briefly. Uh, my my pool is a little a little weird as well. Um, basically, uh, black was unplayable because I opened up ten total cards that were black uh, or twelve, sorry, and there just wasn't enough cards that are like playable to actually like make a day. It was like the Return two target creature cards from your graveyard yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how my green felt. Yeah. So uh, I was left with um, red, which had rolling thunder. So I'd try to find a, an excuse to, to play it. But the, re- the only other reason to be in red was uh, I had a couple of Kozilek Sentinel, the one in a red, one four to void. Yeah. Uh, which actually were not good at all. <laughs> really? Uh, not really. Not in my deck. Um, because you're you're only really getting, it's only really good at blocking. You're not getting an amazing deal uh, for a two drop unless you're just constantly casting. And I, I I thought I had a deck which could cast a lot of colorless spells. I think total I had um, like twelve or thirteen colorless spells in the deck. Yeah. Um, and it just didn't it just didn't really do much. Um, it had that also had a herald of Kozilek, which was really great. The thing that makes your colorless spells one cheaper. And then the blue, I just had the uh, mist intruder, which was not good. <laughs> I didn't like it at least. Uh, a ruination guide, which I think is really good. Um, Benthic Inf- infiltrator, which I thought I, I prefer that, but a lot more than uh, mist intruder. Um, Oracle of dust and uh, drowner of hope, which was fantastic. Yeah, so I just tried to put put, put together like the blue red. Colorless deck. It's just not a very good one because there wasn't really much reason to be doing it. Like I was making these like mediocre creatures one cheaper, or <laughs> giving my one twos one extra power. Um, so it just wasn't really going anywhere. Uh, the reason I, I, I did that was because I wanted to play Gruesome Slaughter because I thought that could be a really good card. Um, that's the six mana sorcery that until end of turn, colorless creatures you control tap to deal damage equal to their power to target creature. Yeah. Um, like that seems like that could just be like a plague wind. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you have a, if you have enough creatures to do it and blue red was the way to get enough creatures to do that. Um, and then I had oblivion sower, which is, that is one thing that'll be interesting about the sealed format is just if, if you happen to open up a really good colorless creature like that, that it just, it probably saves your, your sealed pool. Cause it's just like, well, no matter what I build, I have a bomb. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so I played that deck and it was. It was mediocre. Uh, I never drew Rolling Thunder, sadly. Uh, it had some other cards in it. Like, uh, one card that I thought was, like, just really good, or outperformed, was Coral Helm Guide, the one, the blue two one that you can, like... Oh, yeah, to give us another... unblockable. Yeah. Yeah, I thought all the... Um, I don't know what the word is for that cycle, but the one in each color, where it's, like, a low drop, but you can pay a lot of mana to like, get an ability late in the game. Yeah. Like the green gives something plus five, plus five, a trample. And I'm like, oh, I was just absolutely terrified of that card late game when my vote yeah. did it. Um, I had two of the Valakut Invoker, which is the red version that you can pay eight to just bolt something. And that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, I, I really liked all the cards in that cycle that, that had the late game abilities like that. So I also had that. And then I wasn't playing white for some reason because the creatures were really unimpressive, but I had like basically all the removal in my sealed pool was white. Uh, so I had two Gideon's reproaches, a stasis snare, uh, smite the monsters and a sheer drop. Yeah. Uh, but my creatures were all the two drop allies, like the three, one. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, like the two, three first strike landfall creature and the two, three 
ally that gives your guys vigilance for three. Yeah. Um, so it was just like, <laughs> I didn't think they were that good, but because uh, I was just building and rebuilding the deck in between, after round one because I just was not very happy with with the blue-red deck. Right. And I, pair, I decided to pair it with green because I had the uh, Tajuru Warcaller, which was absolutely fantastic. The three green-green, two-one yeah. rally give everything plus two, plus two. Oh, yeah. And then, like, and so now I made those, like, really crappy <laughs> two-drop allies a whole lot better. Um, and so I decided to do that uh, and kind of do, like, a pseudo, like, token strategy. So I had the Eyeless Watcher. That's just a 1-1 one, one that makes two other uh, Eldrazi Scions. I had two of the uh, Call of the Scions, which makes two of them. Uh-huh. Three. Yeah. Um, and so then I had the Tajura War Caller to just, you know, kind of have like a mini overrun effect and then i also ran one inspired charge yeah uh, wow. and it actually it actually ended up working a lot better than i thought i would provided i i drew either the tajuru war caller or the inspired charge if i didn't then i was in a lot of trouble because i was just making a whole bunch of one ones and maybe playing or ramping into uh, oblivion so early um oh yeah and i splashed the uh, the double striking ally because i had three yep. of the uh life spring druids things amazing yeah, those things were actually not bad. The I thought the two one um, for three uh, birds of paradise basically. Oh yeah, those are good. Yeah, those are actually pretty good. Yeah, I like that one. And uh, same with the white um, instant give a creature plus two plus two. Uh, yeah. That really overperformed. So I basically sighed into that deck after game one almost every round, uh, but I still ended up going just uh, two and two. I think the cards that. Uh, I guess overperformed. I don't know if you had any that you wanted to talk about specifically. Absolutely. Yeah. I already said to Drew War Caller. That's an uncommon. Um, that would definitely be a reason to get into the ally deck. Uh, yeah. Um, the Rot Shambler actually was really good. Oh, but, that's a really good card. Yeah. One of the green, one, one. I uh, didn't let it. I, the only time it ever got played against me, I didn't let it do anything. I killed it. <laughs> yeah. So I, what, would I, what I would do is just set up like a call of the sign before that. Yeah. And then just play it, and then I just have it up, <laughs> so I can just oh, inst- wow. like instant speed make it like a three-three whenever I wanted to. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> um, that card was a lot better. It's just a lot better in a set where you have a whole bunch of disposable one ones that you get for almost free. Yeah. Um, the fertile thicket was actually not bad. <laughs> uh, let me keep um, when I was like mauling. Uh, like I was able to keep like a one lander. Oh man, I saw someone blank on that. Really? Yeah, it was kind of amazing. That's they actually, pretty hard to do. It was pretty cool. But they had to told I mean, obviously, they drew the land the next turn. I mean, I was just like, okay, you blank. Yeah, I was like, you're going to hit your land, though, right? Yeah. And there's no way you miss your land drop after, you know, hitting that for five and missing. I just was like, wow, that was not expected. Yeah, I already talked about the Velocate Invoker uh, and the Coral Home Guide. Those were fantastic. Yeah. The, the low drop... Landfall creatures, like, they're pretty hard to block for the first three turns of the game. Yes. Those are pretty good. The, that's McKinney Slide Runner, the uh, Gnarlid, and Scythe uh, Leopard. What else? Herald of Kozilek was great. Like, that's an actual way to ramp into giant Eldrazi's. It's just make them slightly cheaper, get out a bunch of things that produce uh, Scions, and then yeah. just sack into it. Drowner of Hope. I mean, it's a rare, so that's not really a surprise, but that was really gr- that was a great card. Yeah. And uh, Stone Fury was actually, like, serviceable. 
the uh, three red red. It's actually an instant. For some reason, I wasn't thinking it. Yeah, it was actually better than I thought it would be. I wound up coming into my deck. Like, as I cut giant things, I put stuff like that in. And, like, another a second Cloud Manta. Cloud Manta was just fine. Really? So it, yeah. Cloud Manta, 3-2 Flyer, I mean, it's aggressive Flyer. It's, you know, it does what it's supposed to do. So I went up, like I said, I went up going with the uh, with the blue red Devoid deck, and it wound up being really cool. Uh, the coolest thing was when I was able to play Nettle Drone. Nettle Drone is insane. What is Nettle Drone? Nettle Drone is the three one Devoid for a red and two. Okay. Tap yeah. it to deal one damage to each opponent whenever you cast a colorless spell and tap it. So I mean, I just stuck that thing, and then I just started going to town. I'm like, deal one play my thing, untap, and then either, like, leave it up to block their whatever three, which they never swung into it. I'm like, or then, like, end of turn, hit them again. You know, it works with the colorless instants and sorceries, too. So you'd be able to tap it and then cast Spell Shrivel, which I actually really liked Spell Shrivel. Spell Shrivel feels like Counterspell. And if it were just... A blue and two counter target spell that's control plays four. I wouldn't like it, but the fact that it exiles the spell is really great because when you're playing the processors, sometimes you just need other ways to exile things. So that spell I really liked. I really liked complete disregard when I played that earlier in the day in the uh, in the blue black devoid deck. Um, Touch of the void. Same thing, really enjoyed that spell, um, because it exiles the creature. Just everything that, every single thing that you could do to exile that wasn't ingest was awesome, if you had processors. Irrelevant if you don't, obviously. But the deck I built had one, two, three, four spells that had a color. (laughs) Jeez. The rest of the deck was completely... Devoid. Well, five, because I added Stone Fury later. And like I said, I had Eldrazi in the deck, and I wound up cutting every single one of them by the end of the day. Because I felt like it was just... I felt like it was a trap. Like, I kind of just wanted to be playing these things. But at the same time, I did get to a point in each game where I started to either feel like, one, I didn't have a way to finish the game, hmm. or, or two... My opponent had something that outclassed what I had. So I don't know if the Eldrazi uh, should have stayed in or not. I don't know. All I know is that I drew a Desolation twin with seven mana on the battlefield and then lost the game the next turn and was like, I'm out. (laughs) I was like, nope, not doing this all day. Nope, nope, nope. I did like Scour from Existence, though. Seven mana, anything. It was fine. Like, it was actually kind of good. I can't remember, but I, I, th- I felt like I used it on something really stupid, but uh, whatever. Um, Cryptic Cruiser was pretty good, especially if you were able to really hit the ingest a few times before you got it out. That's uh, the blue and three, devoid, three, three, and then a blue and two, put a card opponent owns from exile to their graveyard, tap target creature. That was pretty good. That kept me alive. Um for like a couple turns longer than I had any business being alive um, in in my last round. But I still wound up dying. And I had ruin, I had two Ruination Guides in this deck. 
those those with the benthic infiltrator were really good and the merc strider is friggin' amazing you know what that thing is nope it's a blue and three it's a three two processor uh and then you can put a one card from exile into the graveyard to bounce a creature Mm. so that wound up being really good yeah the ruination guy just seems like a really great um kind of like payoff card for for the entire colorless strategy yeah now the problem the like the one problem that i had like both tournaments honestly was that i really feel like if you're going to get to like 10 mana to play an eldrazi you need to have some scions yeah right like you're probably not going to just get to 10 lands like especially if you're non-green deck yeah, so someone cast uh, Ulamog against me, and they used nice. four Scions to do it. Yeah, I feel like you got to. And the problem is... Still won that game, though. <laughs> cool. The problem is, I feel like in like blue, black, I feel like I'm never finding enough Scions to really make that seem possible. Uh, yeah, you kind of need the either like the Sky Spawner or... Um, but even the Sky Spawner only makes one. Yeah. You know, I just felt like every time, like every build that I put together, or every time I looked at like a pool, it was like, I don't have enough things that make Scions to like actually make the Eldrazi happen. And that was the reason why they wound up getting cut. It's because I just couldn't get them out. Just didn't have the stuff to get them out. Um, and, and, and annoyingly... The only place that I feel like there are enough Scions is in friggin' green, which already has the fixing, you know? It already has the acceleration. Yeah. So I feel like if you're not in green, even if you have some Scions, I feel like just don't bother. At least not with, like, the 8, 9, 10s. Like, don't even waste your time. Scour from existence, I feel like, is the highest I want to go on my curve. Like, I, I feel like, I feel like it's not any different from like other sealed formats in that way, with the exception of if you have like sufficient, like a good green pool, and uh, a decent amount of of Eldrazi Scion makers with a couple ramp spells. But then you do all that, and then they just exile it or something with a Titan's uh, presence or something. I don't know. I feel like it might be way too much work for the payoff. It's like uh, I, I think fusion people, monsters. I think in initi- Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh god! I think no. I'm serious. Like or no? What, what fusion summons or what were they? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I think it was fusion monsters. Like I always looked at because I played Yu-Gi-Oh for a little while. I always looked at fusion monsters where it was like I need to have these two monsters and this spell to take all three of these cards and make one creature. And it was always like, okay, remove that creature, kill that creature. What was the point of all that? You know what I mean? Like, you just got four for one. That was yeah. dumb. So, yeah, that's what my opponent did. They, they sacked four Eldrazi Scions to cast Ulamog and ostensibly clear my board because I only had two creatures. But then I just cast Drowner of Hope and just tapped down the Ulamog pre-combat each turn. and Yeah. Now he had no blockers, and he died. Yeah, uh, and, I, and I just feel like that's, like, what you're seeing a lot of times with these big creatures. Like, every time one got played, like, I never felt like I was super afraid of it, you know? 
I was more afraid of like <laughs> the two one trample landfall. <laughs> Because my my entire red blue deck had one two drop in it, <laughs> so it was just like threes and fours, and then up higher too. It was so many threes and fours that it was really disturbing for someone who's been playing Origins Limited so much. Yeah, I mean, I think I think people. I mean, also it's the pre-release, um, but I think <laughs> yeah. people kind of just threw out <laughs> the normal rules of like limited deck building, where it's like. You know you can't run four or seven drops. Like, that's just too many. Yeah. People kind of just, I don't know, throwing an old Drawsy party or something. Yeah, my, my, my round one opponent was playing four colors and, and crushed me. <laughs> huh. I was like, all right, man, all right. <laughs> but again, you know, I, ne- I never treat anyone like I deserve it more. You know what I mean? It was It was never that sort of thing. But it was really like... Okay, four colors, all right. And you've got the all creatures get minus two, minus two every game. That's pretty good. It was good against me. Uh, One thing to keep in mind is there's actually a playable fog in this format. There is. It is playable. Which normally that's not an effect you would typically play around. Right. Uh, I did lose a game where I had, uh, I think, 12 power on board and he was at six. But I was at two, and he had like a two-two flyer, and uh, that's exactly what he top decked was the oh my goodness. encircling fissure. <laughs> so uh, I lost that one, but that's I mean that's something you have to play around. And I literally was like, well, unless you have the white fog, I think I've got this. So I swung with everything. He's like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> yep. He's like, I, I yeah, I drew that. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> so that's uh because normally that's just not an effect that I even keep in my mind. Um. Yeah, the other two common combat tricks um, that are actually good and playable are the white Lithomancer's Focus. That's plus two, plus two. uh, Prevent damage from colored sources. Uh, That's colored sources, not colored creatures. So even if you try to then uh, second main target a creature where that's been cast on it with the uh, two and a red, the sorcery deal three. Yeah, don't do that. Um, Colorless sources. Yeah, it's just colorless sources. Prevent all da- you said prevent all damage from colored sources. Oh, colorless, sorry. Uh, yeah. Be dealt to that creature this turn by colorless sources. So, yeah, they, they forgot that. And there's no way to respond to it. Um, I, I, let them, I let them take it back because it's the pre-release. But Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you can't then target. Uh, well, you can. That's, that's the problem. You can target it with the two and a red uh, deal three damage. But <laughs> right. if it's devoid, it's not going to deal any damage. It'll be, right. it'll be prevented. What else? Sheer drops, really, 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 really good. Yes, it is. Um, that's a fantastic two. It's just, it's just, it's just fantastic. It's a, it's, it's a two for one um, that kills a creature. It's, yeah, I like it a lot. Um, the other trick is uh, the plus two, plus two landfall, or not landfall enabler, but you can put a land on the battlefield. That card's really good. And then sure strike the one in a red. Plus three, plus zero on first strike. Sure strike is really good. Yeah, that that overperformed. I had that in one um, one of the decks. In terms of cards that underperformed, I already talked about Kozlex Sentinel. I, I was just running them just to see, um, but I had the uh, uh, Salvage Drones, just the blue for the one one, Devoid and Jest. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. <laughs> really? No. Not even with the filter at the end, like when it dies. Yeah, I don't know. It, I, I was not. I, I took them out, and especially on the draw, they have no business being in your deck. 
I can see that, yeah. Uh, Vestige of Emrakul. For some reason, I just did not like this card at all. It's a 3-4 Trampler Devoid for 3 and a red. I had different opinions in different matches. Like, I had an opponent who had uh, Retreat to Coral Helm out, and I did not like it in that situation. <laughs> but I actually really liked it in other situations. Uh, I thought it was okay. It was not the, the Devoid creature we really wanted, but if it's what we had, we had to play it. Yeah, I thought going in I would really like it, but... It was just much less impressive in practice. Uh, yeah. Like, on the actual battlefield, I liked Ondu um, Champion a lot more, which is uh, the two red red 4-3 that uh, rallies to give all your creatures trample. Yeah, well, in, in my, I, had, I actually had one of those in my sideboard and never came in because I actually was the colorless deck, you know? So I thought that the Vestige was better in this deck because it activated other things uh i also preferred incubator drone which is three and a blue two three but you also get a scion out of the deal yeah it, it i wanted to not like that card and i wound up running it and being just fine with it i wasn't impressed by kozilek uh channeler the the, the four four for five that's yeah to me add neither. To. i don't know why it seems really, yeah. really good on paper um, yeah, but I think it's because I don't like all the stuff that you would put in your deck to like make that good. Because if it's five mana, you're that means you would need to be ramping to some seven drop, and we've already decided we don't like all the seven drops. So yeah, I kept being like, why am I tapping my four four for mana? Yeah, it's just like, like I need this to block. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was it was. I never felt like what I was doing with it was what I wanted to do with it. That was yeah, annoying. I had um, I I didn't ever have it in my deck, but when someone was playing it, I saw like a clear conflict between needing it to block and actually wanting to actually tap that thing for mana, and it was just right. never. Uh, I was just never afraid of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree. I I, I had it, and I felt like it was never good because <laughs> uh, I think we've. I mean, like I said, we've. I think we've realized that that is just not where we want to be. No. Unless you're, like I said, extreme green. There is a pool. There is a pool that could be playing the Eldrazi, but I think it's going to be really hard to come by. Uh, Oracle of Dust overperformed. Um, I just like a 3-5. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 didn't have, I didn't have it in my deck at first uh, in the two-headed giant. And uh, Ryan was like, what are you doing? It's amazing. And, I, and then, like, that's when I was still kind of half in on the strategy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fine. If we're doing this, we're going to go all in. And I added all the other stuff and was very happy I did because it was awesome. Uh, did you or did anyone you see cast uh, Tandem Tactics? Yes. I, th- I think it's a really good combat trick, especially if you're playing, like, allies and uh, you're swinging it against other more aggressive creatures. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Loved Bone Splitters. Oh my god, Bone Splitters. Yeah, that's... That card's still good. It's pretty good with all the Scions running around. Yup. Uh, and Dominator Drone into a Giant was amazing. Oh god. Yeah, because it is four. Uh, complete Disregard was amazing, except for when your creature the creature gets pumped when you try to cast it. But that's never good. Um, I did not like Grave Birthing. Uh, I had three in my pool, 
and I put one in my deck, and it wound up getting cut for something that did more stuff. Because it just doesn't, I mean, it doesn't do that much. It makes a Scion, you draw a card, and they exile a card. I don't know. Didn't like it. I feel like I want to have an impact on the board with every card I'm putting in my deck. Yeah. Because something like that, I mean, it makes a 1-1, which isn't the best. You could use it to ramp, but again, what are we ramping to, you know? Your 4-drop, just play a land. Uh, did you see Belligerent uh, Whiptail get played at all? The 4-2 that has uh, first strike with landfall? Uh, no. Uh, or did I? I think it got played once and then I killed it. Like, everything that, like... <laughs> everything that like we're talking like, you keep asking me about I'm like yep killed that I remember killing that before it could do anything because Brutal Expulsion's an amazing card hmm. playing with that card felt so good because you'd just be like kill your 2-2 and bounce your biggest thing really ridiculous oh yeah you know what I, I didn't like any of the lands that you sacrifice to do things oh really well because Oh, especially when I still was thinking... I mean, maybe I should have boarded them back in later once I was off the Eldrazi plan, but that's what I realized. I had all these Eldrazi's and I had these lands that I could not sacrifice if I ever wanted to cast Eldrazi. Hmm. I was like, I can't sacrifice this. This is just a colorless land. This sucks. So, like, I actually didn't like them. But, again, that's probably because I was trying to cast Eldrazi in a blue-red deck that can't. So, I don't know was not happy with these Eldrazi's. I'm bummed about that. I'm, I'm bummed that I wasn't super excited to play Eldrazi because this is the set for it, you know? Yeah. This is where you should be excited to be playing Eldrazi, and I wasn't. Yeah, the common ones just didn't feel like they made up enough <laughs> for, for what it took to cast them. Right. Um, like the Devastator, Eldrazi Devastator. The 8-9 uh, Trample. Yeah, 8. It's just too much. They're just too much. Isn't that funny? Um, like I guess we, Oblivion Sower was fantastic, but that's well, it's a, a six, six drop. drop. Yeah, we're talking about the six and seven drops. Like, yeah, the six and seven drops are all great. Yeah, that's the weird thing. Yeah, like the 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 uncommon Eldrazi, like Deathless Behemoth, was way better than any of the <laughs> like was it the dom like the the ten ten that makes a ten yeah. ten Desolation that's a, Twin. Yeah, that's a rare. Yeah. Yeah, six six Vigilance. Like, it's kind of dangerous for that to be better than a lot of the uncommons and a lot of the other colors. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Uh, did you see anyone play Pathway Arrows? Oh, is that the the tap a creature? Yeah. It's, uh, I played it, actually. How I was played it? it uh, it was actually really good. Um, uh, but I, I actually boarded it in. I didn't play it main, but I boarded it in last round. And it wound up being pretty good. It, I got stuck on three mana. If I would have hit my land drops and had it out on turn four, it would have actually been amazing. But it took me like until turn five to be able to finally start getting it going. And actually, by then I was like on some other plan, so I didn't get to really get it online until like turn seven or something. Uh-huh. But it was able to just start picking off a creature once it's one once a turn, you know. And it was actually fine. We will, I guess, by next week, we'll have some standard results. Right? Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So we'll get to finally talk about Standard uh, with the new set and see what sort of decks pop up and how many Siege Rhinos are in the top eight. Over under on uh, 24 Siege Rhinos in the top eight of the first tournament after uh, Battle for Zen. Oh, I'll take the under. You'll take the under on that? Yeah. All right. 
24 might be a bit high, but the under is probably safe. Hmm. But the other cool thing that we get to do is, uh, well, we didn't, you know, we didn't win a lot of prize packs, which was a bummer. But we did manage to trade for enough packs to have two draft sets apiece now uh, going into Tuesday. So we're going over to uh, Jeff Zandy's house Tuesday night with the Guild Mages, and we're going to do some draft. So that'll be really fun. Get our first taste of uh, this draft format. So pretty awesome. Of course, you're going to be like, yeah, by the way, I cracked those already. No, I'm just kidding. That'd be awesome. I should, yeah. that, I should totally do that. Don't do it. Uh, so, yeah, so we'll be able to talk about our first experiences with the draft format next week, too, even if you don't play in the PTQ. So that'll be fun. Anyway, uh, keeping this episode shorter this week because, man, I'm just leaking out of my nose and feeling like absolute garbage. Cool. So uh, next week, join us for that stuff. And until then, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching, start brewing. Stop sniffling, start brewing. Stop snitching. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yeah, yeah, we're on to the next one. Yeah, yeah, the album's already done. Yeah, yeah, collect the funds before we do these shows. Gotta go on a press run. Yo, the rhyme pays more eyes once I rhyme through the doors. Yo MTG Taps is available every Friday on LegitMTG.com, IWantMyMTG.com, MTGCast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, BrainLink, Telegraph, and via Passenger Pigeon at PigeonCast.com. Questions, comments, or free sticker requests that I will hopefully one day get around to can be sent to YoMTGTaps at gmail.com. The intro music is the song Press Run by the amazing Baltimore MC You'll Never Know and is produced by W. Additional background music produced by Logic Marsalis. Purchase all of their music at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. That's magnetic with a K. Seriously, purchase all of their music. Find us on Twitter and Facebook to guarantee infinite happiness forever. Finally, make sure to check out my weekly limited stream, Head Games with Big Head Joe, every Sunday at 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.